past few weeks at Northside, we've been kind of focusing around the theme found in Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4. It's when Joshua led the people across the Jordan into the promised land. It says in chapter 3 that Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Then he went on and gave instructions to the priests. He said, you that are carrying the ark, when you step into the Jordan River, you stop there. Put your feet in the river and stop, and the river will then stop. And the river did stop, and it backed up for miles, and all the people walked across on dry ground. And then it gets to chapter 4, and it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, Joshua said, the Lord told Joshua to have 12 men one from each tribe, go and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and carry them over with you. Later he had them move to Gilgal and had them piled up. And he said toward the end, verse 6 and 7, he said, In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You tell them. You tell them what God did. You tell them about the river stopping. You tell them about God getting us out of Egypt. You tell them the whole story. And that's been kind of our theme. So we've had, we got stones around here and we got pulpits and quilts and pictures and pews and we got stuff all over the building to help us answer that question. What do these stones mean? The, the stones that are still here today from back in the early 40s, actually, when they built the building, uh, we know the story behind them. And we know some story after that, and we've gone over it a few times, but since we've got so many here new, uh, let me just tell you what these stones mean. See, in the early 1900s, okay, we've got the old arrangement of things here. Somebody must have brought the old PowerPoint up. Give you a little bit to get the new one up. I made some changes this morning, and sometimes that doesn't get changed on all computers. So I'll tell you the story, and you imagine the pictures here for me, okay? <laughs> in the early 1900s, uh, first couple of decades in Wichita, there were only two churches. Churches of Christ, east side and west side. I don't know how many of you are old enough to know that. Uh, the east side was at first in Matthewson when it uh, originated there in uh, 1903, I think, when they first started worshiping. And they became, they moved from there to Cleveland Avenue and from there to Central downtown. And now they've renamed themselves Riverwalk. So that was the original first. And then there was one on the west side that was uh, now West Douglas. Uh, was called University in Walnut for a while and had a couple of other addresses over there before they uh, built the beautiful West Douglas building that's still there. Anyhow, the East Side and West Side Church, and if you look to the map today, they're basically downtown. Uh, they're just a few miles apart. But back then, that was the East Side and the West Side. Uh, from there, other churches sprouted, and from those churches, other churches sprouted. The uh, First in Matthewson Church... Uh, well, let's go to the West Side Church. In 1924, the West Side Church decided that there ought to be a church in the South Side of town. 
So they bought a building at Lincoln and Emporia, and that's where South Emporia came from. Uh, they bought the building and gave it to a group of people who wanted to plant a church there. In 1939, a few years later, in 1938 actually, the East Side congregation, first in Matthewson, decided there ought to be a church in the north side of town. Uh, so they held a tent meeting, and we've gone over this history, and it's in the book. You can read it all. Uh, they've held a tent meeting in 1938. J. Harvey Dykes preached, and they tried to start a congregation. Didn't quite take that year, so they had another tent meeting the next summer on the grounds of Waco School. And following that meeting, 38 people uh, decided that, yes, they could start a church uh, on the north end of town. Uh, they built a basement. A few years later, they built the upper part, the old red brick building that we'll get to a picture of here eventually, maybe. But they built that upper part, and the interesting thing is what they built that upper part out of was the old First and Matthewson building. They had moved to Cleveland Avenue by then, and they donated it to the new congregation in the north end of town. Uh, it was uh, destroyed, torn down, and all of the uh, materials that could possibly be used were used in the new uh, north side above ground building. So that's kind of what these stones mean. But we could go on to the, the next building built in the 60s, which we got to visit yesterday. Uh, we could go on to the building built in the 70s, which we could, uh, the educational building, which we toured yesterday. Uh, now we're cooking. That's the one that was uh, built in the early 60s. Uh, and it soon filled up. The education building was built in the early 70s, and then in a few of those original members uh, broke ground on this building, and we moved to this building in 1996. So we can say that's what these stones mean. But we've been through this enough, haven't we, that we know that's not really what these stones mean. Uh, since we've seen the video and we've talked so many weeks about it, we know that what we're really talking about is living stones. And, uh, no, we're still on the old show. Yep, let's just stop there, or I'll come back to that and pick up. We'll, we'll be fine. Uh, I have a picture of the charter members, a few of them. we got seven in one picture and one in another, and that's about all the pictures we have of the charter members. Uh, eight of them that I can account for, and I'm sure there's uh, some people, folks have some others, but I haven't found them yet. Uh, a lot of those charter members, or some, were here when we broke ground on this building in 1996. Uh, Northside has grown from a little bitty group to a great big group, and we could look at all of that and say, well, that's, that's the living stones. That's what this stone thing is all about. And that's what we've spent our time talking about. We've spent a lot of time and effort remembering those people. Uh, looking at names and pictures and trying to put pictures together with names. Uh, we spent the first hour today handing out awards to certain people because of them being living stones. But that's not the whole story. It's not the complete story. Uh, to the final lesson that I want us to think about today. The final lesson that really helps us understand what do these stones mean is what I want to try to wrap up with today. So I want to tell you just a couple of things about Northside that I think you need to know as we try to understand the stones. 
First of all, Northside is bigger than Northside. I know that sounds a little strange when you first read it, but let me explain. Northside is bigger than Northside. Now, if you read the history book that's been prepared and there, if you read that, you'll see from the very start, Northside's first budget, those 38 people, they said, we've got to send some money for missions. We've got to help some people preach the word elsewhere. Uh, one of the first preachers that filled in intermittently with T.A. Davis and others uh, was Lowell Davis, who was a missionary to China. They supported him. And when he was in the States, he'd, he'd bring back pictures and explain to them how the mission in China was going. If you keep reading through the history book, you'll find out it just like seems like every other page or so, some little church wanted to get started and Northside helped. Northside would send some money to help them buy a building. Northside would send some money to pay the preacher for a while. Uh, Northside would help them get started. Northside gave Norwich furniture from the old building so they could get started. Uh, Northside has continually reached out. Currently, uh, there's a little bit of Northside in Scotland. A little bit of north side in Argentina, a little bit of north side in Mexico, a little bit of north side all over. There's some north side everywhere anybody from north side has gone. Uh, I want to read you a part of a letter that we got a few weeks ago. Uh, and I'm not going to give the young man's name because I don't want you to just think of him. I want you to think of how many like him are out there. Uh, this young man was at Northside a few years ago. Uh, he was in his mid-30s when he left here. And he's representative of what I'm trying to say here. Uh, in his letter, he wrote this, I deeply cherish my time there and the many members that I was able to form relationships with. Northside's the only church that I knew and had consistent conversations with the elders. I still keep up with the church through the weekly bulletin. I brag of Northside Church of Christ on a regular basis. Northside was the best church that I've ever attended, and I miss it dearly. The most Christ-centered, loving, and practical church that I have ever fellowshiped and worshipped with. I miss being there dearly. Uh, during my time there, I never led a prayer Never served or presided at the communion table. I never gave a devotion. I never spoke publicly. But you trained me to do all this. Although I've attended, had attended church for over 30 years, I never noticed or recognized all the work and effort and organization that it takes for a successful church. I noted this while I was there, and it prepared me for my next step. When I left Northside, I went to a startup church that had been planted by another church. As a startup church, I had to become a leader. I started leading in prayer, serving on the table, presiding over it, gave a Wednesday night devos. On Sunday, May 16th, 2010, I gave my first sermon. The sermon was on an abundant life. Because I never really understood John 10.10 10 until I spent time at Northside Church of Christ. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you for training me and teaching me. And that unbeknownst to you, 
You sent me out into the world to help build a church. You gave me the tools that I need to become a leader in the church. Northside's bigger than Northside, folks. Uh, it has had an amazing influence over its 75 years. Second thing I want you to know is Northside is bigger than the 38 or anyone ever imagined. The 30, I guarantee you, the 38. Craig, when you get home, ask Lucille. Ask if when that first Sunday in Waco School Building, did they envision something like this? Did those 38 sit down and say, someday this is what Northside will look like? I don't think so. Oh, I know they planned for growth, and I know they thought it would grow and all of that, but I don't think they had any idea of what all it would be like, of the number of people, the facilities, the programs, the ministries that would be developed over the years because of what they started. Oh, all they did was what they could do. All they did was teach the Bible. Focus on young people. Always Northside's had a focus on young people. And, and love each other. And reach out in missions. That was basically all they knew how to do. And they just did it. Faithfully. Over and over. Continually. Generation through generation. Wayne Williams is here. You heard from him a little bit in the, the first hour. I call... Jokingly, but not really jokingly, I call Wayne the godfather of Know Your Bible. Because he's the one that went and found the program and brought it back here and said, we got to do this. It was his idea, and for years, uh, all of us kind of thought it was a good idea, but we didn't believe in it like Wayne did. Wayne had big visions. Wayne knew that Know Your Bible could spread the gospel. Yeah, Twenty-seven so years later, I sat Wayne down yesterday, or sat down beside him over in the other room, and I said, Wayne, when you started Know Your Bible, how many states did you think you'd reach? And he kind of shook his head and looked at me. He hadn't seen the Know Your Bible display yet. He kind of shook his head. He said, well, Kansas. I took him over to this play then and said, we got students in 48 states. Students in 48 states. I said, when you started Know Your Bible, how many foreign countries did you think you were going to reach? And he just looked at me like I was kind of goofy. Yeah. What do you mean foreign countries? They didn't envision that. We didn't, it never entered our head. We got students in 29 foreign countries. Okay. That's one ministry. That's one program. Okay. The 38... Or anybody that's been involved in Northside, we can't imagine like that. We don't plan like that. We don't know how. And that brings me to the third point. Not only is Northside bigger than Northside, not only is it bigger than anyone could imagine, and this is the most important part, third thing is God did it. That's where we've been heading with all this. That's what we got to understand. I, now, i got to apologize here because I may have confused some of you over the last few weeks or this morning, the class hour, or even the first part of this sermon, by all this bragging. 
and all these awards we've been handing out. And reading letters about how wonderful Northside is. And reading a letter about how some guy remembers a sermon series I did ten years ago. Yeah, that sounds like bragging, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think it's okay to do some of that. I think it's good to do some of that remembering and talking and thinking. But we've got to come back right here all the time. We've got to keep coming right back here. God did it. Okay, well, why does a young man remember now what John 10.10 10 means? Because there's power in the Word. And somebody preached the Word. Yeah, that's where the power is. Why is Know Your Bible all over the world? Why are people all over the world? Why are so many people amazingly influenced by the people at Northside? Because God took care of it. We've got to come back here constantly to this point that God did it. There's a story in 1 Samuel. Samuel kind of leading the people toward the end of the period of the judges. And the people are just about ready to demand a king. And they're fighting with the Philistines and they're doing all sorts of things. And God keeps saving them for some reason. And they finally have whipped the Philistines one more time. And in 1 Samuel 7.12, it says, Samuel took a stone. And he set it up between Mizpah and Shen. And he called its name Ebenezer. For he said, this far the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer means a stone of help. And Samuel understood this memorial stone thing that we've talked about for a month. So he took this stone, and I don't know how big it was, but he set it up and he said, You remember that God has brought us this far. That's really the good translation. This far the Lord has helped us. How did we get this far? The Lord got us here. And that's what he wanted them to remember. Remember, the stone of help is not us. It's our Ebenezer. Moses probably, I mean, Samuel probably bragged sometimes a little bit about what they had done and how and how many Philistines they'd killed and all of that. But he said, always come back here. The Lord has brought us this far. That's why I want to get to the sermon now, which is going to be really short. I call it the future of your history. And that's sort of an odd title, isn't it? You're trying to think of a better way to word that. <laughs> that's what I really what I want to talk about, though, is the future of your history. See, this is the final step. We've talked about real stones. We've talked about living stones. We've talked about all that and gone through our history and all that. But this is what it's really about. I, we ought to keep these stones around here, 1939. But we probably, if I could, we probably ought to build an Ebenezer that says the first 75 years, this is how far God brought us. That's what this weekend is about. It's just going back and remembering, he's brought us this far. Now, what he's going to do in the next 25 years, nobody knows. But he's got us this far. 
He'll keep right on helping us. Now, to illustrate this, and I want to illustrate it the best I can with, with people, uh, I want to give two more awards. I've already given out a few awards, but I want to give two more, and I want them to be graphic illustrations of what I'm trying to get across here this morning. And the first one I want to give is prompted by this story I read a long time ago, and when I read it, I said, I, that's, I can use that story. Because that's the point. We in America have our George Washington. He's our famous military leader, I guess. And we've got some others, Patton and on and on. In Peru, there's only one. Peru had an admiral named Admiral Grau, G-R-A-U. And he was their hero. Naval hero, fought fought battle uh, captain ships and the naval battles. He was a great hero. He finally killed... Uh, defending Peru. But today, when they have a military service of any kind, when they have a review of the troops, when they have a roll call or whatever they do in the military, they have a routine they go through. The first name always called is Admiral Grau. The one commanding the review steps up to begin the roll call, and he calls the name of Admiral Grau. And one soldier steps forward. He's appointed to do it. And he steps forward and he points upward. And he answers, absent but accounted for, he is with the heroes. Absent but accounted for, he is with the heroes. When I read that, I said, I know a whole lot of folks like that. Absent but accounted for. They're with the heroes, and that's why I want to give one more award. I'm going to give another one later, but I call this one the With the Heroes Award. And it's really representative. I'm going to talk about one man, but it's representative of all the heroes that have gone before at Northside. Uh, This man was a young man when he came to Northside. He was baptized, and he and his wife were baptized in 1961. He was a deacon. Served as a deacon after his baptism. He was one of the four elders that was in the eldership when we made the decision to start Know Your Bible. He was one of the elders when we broke ground on this leap of faith move here. He retired from the eldership in 1999. Served with some good men. He didn't just serve Northside. He raised a good family. He spent his life serving. Uh, At one family camp, which he always attended, one family camp he announced to his family, the ones at camp, uh, that he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and we prepared to slowly lose him. For the last months of his life, while he was still able to come to church, If you entered through the north door over there, he was out there serving. He might greet you and he might not, but he was serving. He was sweeping the door so he could come in. I want to give this award to uh, Marvin's widow, Margie. It doesn't have his name on it. Doesn't have his name on it because he represents 
all of the saints who've left Northside. But he's absent and accounted for. He's with the heroes. Now, I hope that illustrates what I wanted to illustrate. People that come to Northside, become a part of Northside, become part of the Lord's body, serve here, and have influenced so many places, and are now with the heroes. We'll give one more award, and I call this one the Heritage Award. I want two boys to come up here that are a little younger than all the people we've been talking about. Could I get Dylan and Drew Glasson to come up here? Let me tell you about these boys' heritage. Their mother is a lifelong Northsider. Amen. Thanks for coming to help me today. Their mother, Tracy Glasson, is a, is a lifelong Northsider. Uh, their grandfather is a current elder, Ron Mock. Their great-grandfather was an elder. Come over here a little closer to me. Their great-grandfather, I have to see my notes here, see. Their great-grandfather was an elder, Hoyt Mock. Their great-grandmother is a daughter of one of the first elders of Northside, and that's uh, Winnie Mock, who's sitting back there, and I want Winnie to stand. Would you please stand up, Winnie? She is our oldest living member. Her birthday is in November, and she'll turn 100 then. I know that because last year I made a big deal out of turning 65, about a week before her, uh, before her birthday, and she didn't think it was too big a deal. <laughs> Anyhow, Winnie is their great-grandmother, and that's on their maternal side. Now, on their paternal side, their dad's side, uh, their great-grandmother on that side is a daughter of charter members, and that's Talma Classen. If Talma, would you stand up, please? Talma's back there. Thank you. <laughs> she and Winnie kind of hang out together, don't they? <laughs> Anyhow, these boys have quite a heritage, and I, I know there's others here that have a great heritage too, but since they go so far back in Northside history, I want you boys to take that home and kind of keep it for all the other kids that come around Northside too, okay? Thank you very much, man. Share that at home. Okay, what's the future of your history? Those two boys there have a real special heritage. I mean, they go back a long way on, in all sides of the family, and it's a, just a cool thing to think they've got that. But that stone I gave them could go to a whole lot of people because if you're at Northside, just if you've just been here a few years, or if you've ever been at Northside, we've got a lot of people here that were here for a year or 10 years or 20 years and have come back to visit with us. You've got a heritage. Whether you've just been here a little bit or whether you've already left, you've got a heritage. And what's the future of this history? 
Well, you've got to follow that history. You, you get, and the way it works is you just be faithful in little things, and God will do amazing things through you. That's all Northside is. There's nothing special. There's a lot of kind words and nice words and bragging said about this preacher or that one or this elder or whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about first 38 people and today 700 some people just being faithful in little things, doing what they can, and God does amazing things through us. Stay true to the basics. We teach the Word. We nurture the young. We look outside to help others. We love each other, and God takes care of the rest. The future of your history is just repeating that history. Oh, things will change. Things will look a whole lot different in 25 years, I'm sure, than they do now. And we look different today than we did in 1939, but the basics are there. The future of your history, be faithful in little. God will do amazing things through us. The lesson is yours. I hope the weekend and the things leading up to it uh, will inspire us to continue to be faithful in the years ahead. I thought about having us sing an invitation song or a song at invitation time when we all get to heaven. I thought that'd be cool. We're all here and we won't see each other again probably on this earth. I know all of us won't. We're going all directions after today. But we all will see each other again. Uh, a couple things wrong with that. Number one, we might not all get to heaven. That song kind of implies, well, if you're here on Sunday morning and stand up and sing loud, you're going to heaven. Well, not necessarily. Uh, there's some other things that need to happen. Second thing that's wrong with that song is it kind of makes you think that there's something about our doing it. You know, we're all going to get to heaven. So I chose instead, let's sing Amazing Grace, because that's how he brought us this far. It's the only way we got this far, Amazing Grace. It's the only way we're going to get to heaven, Amazing Grace. So let's close this celebration weekend by singing together Amazing Grace and celebrate what he's done for us. If you need to respond in any way, we're happy to be down here and receive you, but come if you need to, but let's celebrate together. Amazing Grace, let's stand and sing.